Halleluja. So, bevor ich go ahead and start, um, years ago, the Lord spoke to us about um, every church that we go to is to begin the first service with getting people baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so, maybe you're here tonight, you're born again, and you've been saved, maybe even water baptized, but you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit in spoken tongues. And God has the, has the audacity to want you to be filled at the beginning of the service. How about that, right? So tonight, if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit and spoken tongues, don't be embarrassed. I, we just want to pray for you. Just quickly raise your hand if that's you. Quickly. Someone you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit wanted. Okay, one. Anyone else? Two, three, four, five. Come on. Come on, just go for it. All right, so just boldly stand up. Those of you who raised your hands or should have raised your hands, just stand up. Come on, just be bold. That's all right. We won't embarrass you. So just come down here real quick. Just come, come quickly down to the front, right down here. <laughs> hey, praise the Lord. Just make one single line, three, six. There's two or three others you're supposed to be up here as well. Quickly come. Don't wait. Just be obedient. Someone else, you're supposed to be up here. You'll, you'll be so sad that you missed it if you don't come. Just quickly come, all right? Thank you, Jesus. Come on up. Is that you, brother? Yeah, yeah. Jump in the line. Okay, praise God. All right, um, <clears throat> Pastor Bob, I need your help. I need you to draft me eight people that are green with getting people filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't want somebody who's experienced. I want somebody who's rarely done this before. I'll let you draft me. Just give me eight people that are green. Oh, that's... oh I guess we need more now. Three, six, nine, twelve. We need twelve people. That's, that's difficult here. Uh, let's see here. Who is, who, is, uh, who is a potential cell leader and you've not prayed for someone to receive the Holy Spirit? Raise your hand. All right, you guys come up here. Okay, that was easy. Just come line up. Just don't start yet. Just line up. All right. We need about 12. That, that should be good. Keep coming down. Just slide on down. All right, I need about another, okay, three, so three, six, eight. I need about three more people. Quickly come. Quickly come. All right, one. Come on down this way, my sis. You, you, you two ladies, come all the way down here. All right, it'll just be easier. Yeah, just come all the way down. All right, so get in front of one person, and I'm going to... I'm just going to kind of guide you in this, okay? So, now, wait a second. Don't start. Okay. So, now, I need all your attention. So, every language is made of two things. Number one, it's made of sound. To speak in Spanish, you have to have sound. Is that true? To speak in English, you have to have sound. Is that true? Yeah. So, you can't talk in English like this. You look very holy, <laughs> but you have to make what? Sound. Ah, so there's two things you got to do, sound and syllable. So it has to be sound, and yet there also has to be 
syllable. Now, what will not happen is, is God will never possess your mouth and force you to do something. So he will move upon you and you have to yield your tongue and you have to speak. The Bible says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They spoke in tongues. The Holy Spirit doesn't speak in tongues. Who speaks in tongues? We do, right? So we give voice to sound and syllable. Is that right? However, this is not a language learned by your natural mind. This is the language of your spirit, right? So this is a language of the heart. So it's made of sound and syllable, but it's not known by the person speaking. So you don't understand what you're saying. You understand? Now, in, in Wisconsin, maybe it's a little different than Minnesota, but when a person's born, do they get the entire English language the day they're born? Oh, so you start with how many words here? Almost just maybe you start with just a couple words. Is that right? Is that true? So usually, not all the time, but sometimes when people are filled with the Holy Spirit, they'll only get a couple of words. You understand? But the Bible says this, they were filled with the Spirit, they spoke with tongues. Now the Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 15, the natural was first, then the spiritual. The natural's first, then the spiritual. 1 Corinthians 15, 46. The natural's first, and then the spiritual. So you have to give God something to work with. So if you just sit here like an old toad frog in a, in a hailstorm, with your eyes shut, God's not gonna smack you upside the head and you're gonna get it, you understand? So the Holy Spirit will move when these people lay hands on you, but you have to yield your heart and you have to yield your tongue and you make the sound. Do we all understand? Is that okay? So all of you close your eyes, just lift your hands. I wanna lead you in a prayer and then these guys are gonna pray for you. So just close your eyes, pray this out loud. Say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, forgive me of the past cleanse me, wash me. Tonight, I receive your free gift of the Holy Spirit. As soon as they pray for me, I'll be filled with the Spirit, and I'll speak in tongues in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now lay hands on them. No more English. Just pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, right now. Out loud. Just pray in the Holy Ghost. Out loud. Come on, church. Help them right now. Come on, right now. In the name of Jesus, you may have to take off your mask so she can hear you. In Jesus' name, come on, lift your voice right now. Be filled with the Spirit right now. You by faith, open your mouth, you speak those strange sounds out. You by faith, natural first. Do it by faith. You be filled with the Spirit right now. The anointing is there, right there. There it is, right there. The presence of God's there. You make that first sound. You make that first sound. You make that first sound. By faith, you make that first sound. God knows what you're saying. Come on, right now, out loud. Not in your head, out loud. Come on, church, help them. Help them a little bit louder. Come on, help them press through. Be filled. Their whole life is going to change tonight, right now. The whole life is going to change. Be filled with the Spirit. That's it. Be filled, be filled, be filled, be filled. We command you be filled with the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. Come on, just the next few minutes. Come on, just pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, church, right now, help them. 
in the name of Jesus. Be filled, be filled, be filled. That's it. Open your mouth. You open your mouth. You open your mouth. You open your mouth. You open your mouth. That's it. By faith. You make that sound. You make that sound. You do it. You do it. You start it right now. By faith. Be filled right now. By faith. That's it. That's it. The Holy Ghost is right there. Just receive it. Be filled. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Be filled right now. Open your mouth. Be filled. Open your mouth, be filled. Open your mouth, be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's it. Open your mouth. Let the fire of God go right through you. That's it. In the name of Jesus. Be filled, be filled, be filled. Be filled, be filled, be filled. Be filled, be filled, be filled. Be filled, be filled. Come on, open your mouth. Pray in the Holy Ghost for your, your friend right now in Jesus' name. Come on, just one more minute. Everything you got. Come on, everybody. Whole church right now. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, stir your spirit, man. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's it. You give voice to it. You raise your voice. You lift your voice. Just by faith, speak out. Be filled, be filled, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, 30 more seconds. Come on, 30 more seconds. Lord, fill them right now. Fill them. Baptize them right now in the Holy Ghost. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Savala. Be filled, be filled, be filled. Hallelujah. That's it. Give God something to work with. Open your mouth. Make that first sound. Come on, 15 seconds. Come on, 15 seconds. Come on. Lord, fill them. Fill them, fill them, fill them, fill them, fill them. Drunk on new wine tonight. Let him be drunk in the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we give you thanks. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody give the Lord a hand clap tonight. Woohoo! Praise God. Well, you could be seated in the presence of God. <laughs> God's good, amen? Hallelujah. He's all right. He won't bother me. <laughs> I'm actually used to it, so. She's okay. You can leave her there. She's all right. It's good to have a few drunks on the floor in the Holy Ghost. So tonight, if you got your Bibles, I want you to go with me to the book of Judges, chapter 15. So Judges 15. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. God's good. Amen. Hallelujah. You know what? Before I share the word, I want to do this. 
There's some people here, the Lord wants to heal you. Hey, Tim, good to see you, brother. There's some people here that the Lord wants to bring you healing right now. Um, several of you, tonight, you have a lot of knee, knee trouble, and the Lord wants to heal you of that tonight. And some of you have clicking in the knees. Some of you have had damage to the ACL, and it's not healed right. If that's you, quickly raise your hand. Okay, so stand up if you can. Stand up. Come on down. If you're here and you have uh, a crutch or um, a cane, I want you to come as well. Yeah, come. Come, sister. God's in a great mood. I checked earlier. So, <laughs> so praise God. Anyone else you're here tonight? If you have a cane or something, come. God wants to heal you of that. Hallelujah. Someone else is here tonight. You have your heart races and slows way down. Races, slows way down. God wants to heal you of that. If that you, come. Come as well. Yeah, this is the heart section. That's the knee people. You can't be with the knee people. They're all by themselves. No, right there. I'm teasing you. You can stand right here. Okay. But you, your heart like races and then slows way down. And somebody else, you have like, like you're not breathing with your entire lungs. And the Lord wants to heal you of that as well. You've had this for a while. It's like, it's like you're constantly gasping for that full breath of air. Yeah, come, brother. This is the guy I've been waiting for. Come. I had a vision of you during the service. Come right now. You, you're a knee guy? Okay. But do you struggle as well in your breathing? No? No, nothing like that. Is it in your heart? You have the heart thing too? No, no. Okay. All right. Well, cool. Yeah, you can be with the knee people then. Bless you. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, you have pain tonight? Your lungs, yeah. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. If I can get some catchers to help me. Just put your hand right here. Yeah, the Lord is healing you now. I set you free. Be healed tonight in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for healing them right now in Jesus' name. Be healed, be whole. Just take a deep breath. Just take a deep breath. One more time. In Jesus' name. The heart thing as well, I commend that heart to be healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yeah, so in Jesus' name, I command to create a miracle in that part of your body. Be healed now. Be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Even the numbness in your body, I commend it to go right now. I set you free. And all of the sleep problems, like you can't sleep at night as well, I just set you free of that now tonight. All the condemnation that you carry, the Lord lifts it from your shoulders. I set you free. 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 Your knees? Yeah. Oh, your heart, yeah. So in Jesus' name, I just speak healing to it. Be yeah, Jesus' name, heart be healed right now. Breathing, all the issues right now in his knees as well. In the name of Jesus. Just take a deep breath. <sighs> Put your hand right here. Yeah, as soon as you walked up, I saw the Lord healing you. So all the pain will go. The fear of it will go. 
You're going to live a long life and declare the works of the Lord. The, the devil is a liar. The devil's a liar. You're going to live a long life. You're going to outlive those who are ungodly in your family. That's what God tells me. The ungodly, you'll live longer than them as a testimony to your family. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Be healed. Be healed right now. You're, you and your breathing? Is it? Yeah. Put your hand right here. Yeah. So in Jesus' name, be healed. Lungs be opened right now. Bronchial tubes, be healed. Is it asthma? Is it? Yeah. That's what I thought. Thank you, Jesus, right now. Just take a deep breath. As soon as I touched you, I just heard bronchial tubes. So the bronchial tubes, I command them to be healed. All that extra inflammation in there, I command it to go. Go in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, right now for healing her, in Jesus' name. No more issues with that. She'll feel a visible difference now tonight. Even as she sleeps, that fluid and all of that stuff won't come in Jesus' name. And you? Right here? Yeah. In your breathing? Yeah. Yeah. Put your hand right here. Yeah. So in Jesus' name, I command you be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. You have other issues as well. Jesus, thank you for healing her tonight. In Jesus' name, I command to create a miracle. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father, for healing her. You're going to outlive the ungodly. You watch. Yes. Hi. In your breathing? Your knee. Yeah. Yeah, you're a knee girl. All right. So knee, be healed in the name of Jesus. Swelling in the knee, I command it to be healed. Just move it. Both knees? or Yeah. So knee be healed in Jesus' name. Both those knees, I command the swelling to go in Jesus' name. Just move it. Just move it. Just move it in Jesus' name. Is it the left, uh, right one? Yeah, is it? Yeah. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for healing it. Inflammation go. Right now, arthritis in that knee, I command it to leave in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Both knees? Is it? Yeah. So right now, pain and weakness in those knees, bone on bone, all of that stuff, I command it to be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. All the pain to stand and to sit. I thank you, Lord. He'll feel a visible difference tonight. All the inflammation will go. The arthritis will go. And the fear of not being able to walk will leave him. In Jesus' name. Come walk. Come walk. Just walk. Just run all the way around the church. Come on, someone help him. Come on, help him. Come on, brother. Come on, brother. Run. Run, 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 run. Just run. Come on. Just run. Come on, yeah, 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 both knees, just this one, yeah, knee be healed in Jesus' name, both knees, yeah, be healed in Jesus' name, the pain I commanded to leave in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, no more having to lift them up in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, just move it, just move it right now, be healed in Jesus' name, be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed, both knees or this one? Just this one. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Both or just this one? Yeah. Pain go right now in the name of Jesus. All the inflammation in that? Did you tear it? You tore it or something? Yeah, you tore it. Yeah. Did you tear it on the side? 
Yeah. As soon as I touched it, I saw it like tear, like a, like a rip. Yeah. So all the inflammation, it's a lot of damage in there from it. Yep. In Jesus' name. Yep. Scar tissue be healed. All the pain right now committed to leave in Jesus' name. The Lord is restoring. Were you a runner before? Yeah, yeah. So just move it now. Just move it. Yeah, just move it all the way up. Yeah, in Jesus' name. All the rest of the pain will go. Just walk on it. Just walk. Just walk. Both left, yeah. So right now, in the name of Jesus, pain leave in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for healing. Thank you, Lord. You'll feel a visible difference now in the name of Jesus. Amen. You too? So in Jesus' name, I speak healing to that heart. And the breathing issues and all of that stuff, I command it to be healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Be healed, be healed, be healed. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. God's good. Amen. Where's the lady I prophesied to you about you're going to outlive the wicked? Huh? Yeah, back here. Yeah. So stand up. Uh, I'm just inquisitive. Your family, uh, the the ungodly, they they did they not live long or something like that? Or I've never said that in 37 years of ministry. I've never had that prophetic word. Oh, okay. But I bet if you look, you look in your genealogy of your family. I bet you'll see this. They died young. They died young. They died young. Heart, 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 heart. And then you're going to outlive them all. Yeah. Yeah. You watch. Yeah. No more issues. Brand new heart. Heart of a 16-year-old girl. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Okay. Judges 15. We're trying to get there. All right. After a while, uh, in the time of the wheat harvest, it happened that Samson visited his wife with a young goat. And he said, let me go into my wife and enter her room. But her father would not permit him to go. And her father said, I really thought that you hated her. Therefore, I gave her to your companion. What a great father-in-law. <laughs> Is not her younger sister better than her and take her instead? Samson said to them, this time I shall be blameless regarding the Philistines if I harm them. Then Samson went and caught 300 foxes. And he took torches and he turned the foxes tail to tail and put a torch between each pair of their tails. And when he had set the torches on fire, he let the foxes go into the standing grain of the Philistines, and he burned up both the shocks and the standing grain as well as the vineyard and the olive groves. Now, this is what the Lord spoke to me tonight to share, because I was going to share something else, but the Lord said, this is what he spoke to me tonight to share with you. It's time to get your tail lit on fire. <laughs> Come on, prophesy to your neighbor. Say, get your tail lit on fire. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. It's time for the tail of the church to get on, lit on fire. Amen. 
There's something about that when revival touches the church. That's why many people say, well, America needs revival. America's never been vived. How can it be revived? So America needs an awakening, but the church needs to be revived. Come on, right? So it, just to give you a fast Bible lesson is this, is Judges is the story of seven cycles. It's seven cycles in Judges. It's seven cycles of rebellion, seven cycles of repentance, and seven cycles of revival. That's the whole book of Judges. The whole book of Judges, again and again, says they did wicked in the eyes of the Lord, they repented, they revived. Again and again and again, it, it says the exact same thing. And so that's what we see in the book of Judges, is it's a book of restoration and revival. Amen? So as you keep reading on here, I'm not going to read all of this and stuff, and but as you keep going on here in verse 13, it says, so they spoke to him saying, no, but so here's Samson and Samson tells Delilah his whole heart. And, uh, as he begins to start to do so, um, they, the, the enemy would come upon him because she would tell the enemy, um, what Samson would tell. But verse 13, we pick up and it says, and they spoke to him saying, no, but we will tie you securely and deliver you into the hand and but we will surely not kill you. And they bound him with two new ropes, and brought him uh, up upon uh, uh, up from the rock. And when he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting against him. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And the ropes that were on his arms became like flax that's burned with fire. And his bonds broke loose from his hands. And he found the fresh jawbone of a politician. I mean, a donkey. Sorry. He found, <laughs> that was just a mistake there. He found the fresh jawbone of a donkey. <laughs> Jesus, help us all. And he reached out his hand and he took it and he killed a thousand men with it. And Samson said, with the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps, and with the jawbone of a donkey, I've slain a thousand men. And so it was that when he finished speaking, he threw the jawbone from his hand and called the place Ramoth Lehi, and he became very thirsty. Everyone say very thirsty. And so he says, he cried out to the Lord and he said, you've given me this great deliverance into the hand of your servant. And now shall I die of thirst and, and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised. And so God split the hollow place that's in Lehi and water came out and he drank and his spirit returned and he revived. His spirit returned and he revived and he called the name of the place Enhoki, which is Lehi to this day. And he judged Israel 20 years in the days of the Philistines. So here, several different things going on we see of the life of, of, of Samson. So uh, in, in this latter part here, we see that there was this jawbone of a donkey that he picked up that he slayed his enemies with. And the Bible says that when he threw it to the ground out of the hollow place in the jawbone, water came out and he was able to drink of it. Now, this is the second time in the ministry of, of uh, uh, Samson that he drank of his past victories. I'll say that again. This is the second time in the ministry of, of Samson because the first time he killed a lion. Is that right? Then he left the lion and he came back and what did he find inside the lion? He found honey and the Bible says he ate and his spirit revived. 
So in other words, he partook of his past victories. That's why there's so much power in a testimony. Because every time you give a testimony, come on somebody, you literally begin to partake of your past victories. And you bring the power of your past victories into today and it causes your spirit to revive. Amen? Come on. Is that right? Amen. So here's kind of my story. I didn't grow up in a wonderful church like this. I actually grew up in, uh, I, I was born in St. Paul, Minnesota. And uh, don't hold that against me. But um, So I was born in St. Paul and uh, grew up in western Minnesota. When I was three years old, my parents divorced. And my mother remarried when I was nine. And uh, we ended up moving to western Minnesota to a farm. And so I grew up on a farm in western Minnesota, pretty close, uh, pretty close to Breckenridge, Minnesota. And so anyways, long story short, I, I lived always with anger from this divorce of my parents. And so it just kind of came out of me. My parents were Lutheran and, and uh, in Minnesota, we have more Lutherans than people. Some of you are just getting that joke. So, but so growing up in this Lutheran home, I mean, we hated church. We, I, I hated going to church. There was no power. There was no life. There was no, come on, somebody. I, how many of you can identify, right? And so just absolutely nothing, no reality. And so I was living with this anger and bitterness and stuff like that all the way from three, all the way into my teens. So into my teens, when I was about 16, God sent a man from Fargo to my little town in western Minnesota called Herman, and uh, <laughs> bachelor capital of the world it was, right? If you didn't know that, it really was. It got an award for that. And uh, so my little town ended up, uh, uh, God sent this man to my town to start a Bible study for teenagers, and he didn't even like teenagers, he said, God, I don't even like him. I'm not doing it. You got the wrong guy. So the Lord just said, be obedient. And so he's like, okay, I'm going to show you I'm not the guy. So it was a small group. It was not a, uh, a church service. It was a Bible study. So he came to my little country, little town, starts this Bible study for teenagers, and about a dozen kids got saved. And so about a dozen kids started going to this Bible study and all of the rumors in the small town, come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about, right? So all the rumors pretty soon, they had stories, crazy stories. They were baptizing people in the toilet and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> the stupidest stuff. I mean, I just swear, you know. And, uh, <clears throat> but I began to persecute the kids in my, in my school that were Christian kids. And uh, because of this anger that was inside of me. And so because I was so bitter and so, so full of bitterness and so full of anger, it was like I was lashing out at, at them. And, and uh, so th when they would come to school, they would bring their Bibles and they would bring Christian books and they would bring worship cassettes back then. And, and me and my friends, we were so wicked, we would rip their Bibles up and their books and we would record demonic music over the, the worship. And so we were not good boys, you understand? So... So after about two, three months of this Bible study starting, the youth pastor went and said, God spoke to him to start to do a teaching on the power of prayer. So a bunch of the kids got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and so he started teaching about prayer. 
So all these kids uh, uh, were challenged to pray for seven days for the worst kid in their high school. <laughs> and, so, and so they started praying for the worst kid in their high school. Uh, hello. And so, uh, and, uh, so and about four days later, I was in another little town called Morris. I was getting in trouble and with my friends and, and drunk and chasing girls and stuff. And so... We went, and uh, a buddy of ours who had just gotten saved, so he was with us, but we were giving him a hard time. And he began to challenge us. He said, come with me. I know where there's a church that has video games for free in the basement. So I thought, well, free video games, that sounds fun. I mean, you know. And so, <clears throat> so we went, and they said, and there's going to be girls there. So I'm like, okay, well, we're there, you know. So, so we go to this, uh, 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 almost like a rec center, like a, like a rec center downtown. And so as we do, I, I went and I see this guy walking across the street and I knew this guy and I was a wrestler and he was a basketball player and never shall the two meet. You understand? And so he walks across the street. He's about three weeks old in Christ, four weeks old in Christ. And he knows that he's been praying for this sinner to get saved. And he doesn't know how to evangelize. So he just walks up to me and he shakes my hand and he doesn't let go. And he says, Tom, you're going to hell. Pray this prayer. I wouldn't advise that methodology, but that's what happened. And I just, I didn't hear it. It's like I, I heard it, but I just felt conviction. And the power of God hit me in the middle of the street. And I prayed with him the sinner's prayer and the anointing of God hit me in the top of the head and just went right through the bottom of my feet. And all those 16 years of anger just went right out of my body. Come on, somebody. I'm tears filled my eyes and I'm like, what the heck did that guy just do to me? You know, I just didn't have any understanding to what happened. And the whole night, I just felt like a deer in the headlights because all of this anger I had just grown so accustomed to was gone. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so uh, then my parents began to, from there, my parents began to oppose me because I went home and ripped all the wicked pictures off my walls and, and you know, started listening to Christian music and started reading the Bible all the time. And, and I would save my, uh, uh, what do you call it, um, um, my allowance from my parents, I would save the money and buy Kenneth Hagen books. I mean, what 16-year-old is doing that, right? And so, but at 16 years old, that's what I was doing. And I was so on fire for God. I was praying, and, you know, and, and stuff. And, and I was just so on fire. There was a fire of God and this anointing of God. And every night I would just listen to worship music and the power of God would come on me. And I would just start shaking and start weeping uncontrollably in my bed. And I would just weep. And it was like the Lord was healing me of all these years of junk. Come on, somebody. Amen. And I, I began to, from there, I, I started hearing about this being baptized in the Holy Spirit thing. So I didn't know how to describe it. So I told my friends, I said, hey, you got this tongue. Give me, give me this tongue thing. And my friends were brand new Christians, so they didn't know how to explain it. They said, well, we got it from this guy from Fargo, and we don't know how we got it. So I said, so you got it, and you don't even know how you got it. They go, yeah, that's right. So you got to go to Fargo, they said, because the Holy Ghost lives in Fargo. 
So I said, why does he live there? Why would he want to live in Fargo? And nobody wants to live in Fargo. And uh, so, uh, but I just, I, I wanted to go so bad. And for months and months and months, I begged my parents, let me go to this church. Let me go to this Assembly of God church in Fargo to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And they wouldn't let me go. And so about three months of begging them, finally I was able to go. And I'll never forget it. It was in January of 1983. And I went with my friends and I said, it was on a Sunday night, a whole way there. I'm like, God, I just read this book from Kenneth Hagin on faith. And I said, Lord, the second they lay hands on me, I'm going to be filled with the Holy Ghost and I'm going to speak in tongues. I said, I can't come back. This is a one shot deal. You got one shot to give it to me, you know? And so I drove over 100 miles to get to Fargo. And so the whole way there, I said, Lord, the moment they touch, I said, I don't care who lays hands on me, but the moment they touch me, I'm going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? And so anyways, long story short, get to this service. Finally, at the end of the meeting, there was like 2,000 people there. And the pastor said, if you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, come down to the front. So, I mean, I shot, I was the first one down there. And uh, so a, a number of us went to go get filled with the Holy Spirit. They sent us to this special upper room. And so my friends were there waiting to lay hands. And so the, the pastor just read the passage out of Acts chapter 2. It shall come to pass in the last day, says God, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And that's all I remember. And then it was like, and I just a river started to flow out of the inside of me. And I found myself yielding to the presence and power and the fire of God. Come on, somebody. That was, I mean, the first time I yielded to God was there in the street in Morris, Minnesota, when I was born again. The second time I yielded was there in the altar, there in that church in Fargo, North Dakota, getting the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I started to realize there's something to this yielding to the Spirit. Everyone say, yield to the Spirit. So I, I began to realize there's something to it. And so I was so on fire for God. I was just wild for Jesus and, and uh, preaching the gospel. And, and I ended up going to Moorhead State for one year and got all my friends saved <laughs> and stuff. And, and then I went on to Bible school. And, and I went to a Bible school in Minneapolis, Assembly of God Bible School. That was uh, twice dead and plucked up by the roots. But um, so God sent me there, and, and, and I knew that God sent me there, but it was like embedded on the inside of me a love for divine healing. So I began to have this love for divine healing all the way from the time that I was born again because I learned that he, divine healing was also something that you could yield to it. I said that you can yield to it. Amen. And this is the one element that many people don't realize of to get your tail lit on fire, you have to learn the art of yielding to the Spirit. You have to learn the art of learning to yield to the anointing of God. It's where that, that supernatural hunger on the inside of you begins to arise. So go with me over to John chapter 7, very well-known verses. But John 7 So John 7, 37 says, On that last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, 
if anyone thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. So if anyone is thirsty, let him what? Come unto me and drink, right? Then he says, and he that believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart or out of his belly will what? Flow what? Rivers of what? Living water. But it doesn't begin with the rivers. It begins with thirst. So let me just say something controversial. Is that okay? How many of you want to be a, a, a great leader in a cell group or whatever? God elevate you. Anybody in the whole house? Okay, cool. So one of the ways to be a leader is to lead. Come on, right? So I believe this is that the Lord begins to watch how we lead. So if you lead by apathy, then guess what your people will do? So if you don't think enough to bring your own Bible to church, come on, somebody, guess where the people will fall behind you? They'll fall below you. Are you with me? So in many of the churches that God sends us, now we've ministered in over 1,200 churches in 49 states and 30 countries. Last year, we ministered in 57 churches, just last year alone, in over 200 services last year alone. Okay, this year, we've already ministered in 20 you're the last one in America we minister for the next few months. I go, next week I'll be in Norway. Then we end up in Toronto. Then we go from Toronto, we end up going to Bangkok, Thailand. And then from Thailand, we go to Singapore. And come on, amen? And then we kind of work our way back and we end up in Eau Claire. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. But um, kind of with all of this in mind, in so many different places that we go, it's like become the cool thing in the charismatic church to not bring your Bible to church. We took the offering already, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm totally teasing. I'm totally teasing. Okay, but <clears throat> I say that for this reason is, is that I believe that the Lord wants to provoke the church to become a leader. Come on, elbow your neighbor. Say, be a leader. So you lead by example. Come on, Amen. So you have to lead with hunger. Jesus says, if anyone is thirsty. He said in Matthew chapter 5, it says, he that hungers and thirsts shall be filled. Ah, right? So in other words, it begins with the hunger and the thirst. Look at the last verse in the book of Revelation chapter 22. Look in Revelation 22. So Revelation 22. Everyone wants to talk about, you know, the, the river, the river of God, the river of God. Yeah, but it doesn't begin as a river. It begins with thirst. So Revelation 22 says this, verse 17. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who is thirsty come, right? He doesn't say the apathetic one who's trying to look cool. I'm too cool to bring my Bible to church. Come on, somebody. No, no, no. The one that is thirsty, let him come, right? And whoever desires, let him take of the water of life freely, see? So in other words, it begins with your thirst. It always begins with thirst. Revival never begins with need. It begins with thirst. Amen? So every revival since the book of Acts has always began with learning the art of yielding to the Spirit, and thirsting for more of the Spirit. Amen? 
The old timers used to sing a song. They'd sing, it's me, oh Lord, it's me standing in the need of prayer. They didn't say, oh, it's them, it's them. <laughs> it's them, oh Lord, that are standing in the need of prayer. <laughs> Come on. No, no, no. They instantly said, me. They said, it's me. Isaiah chapter 6 says, woe is me, for I'm a man of unclean lips. He didn't say, woe are them. He said, no, 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 I'm, I'm at the first of the line. In other words, he's identifying himself in his own hunger and his own spirituality. Come on, right? So part of revival is where it begins with where you get hungry and thirsty again. Instead of, what times does this get over? You understand? So there's, there's a mindset difference between that. Why? Because the one that's, oh, what times this get over? I mean, you never go to the movies and say, what times this get over? I mean, you'll sit through that movie and you drank so much Coke until you need an appendectomy to get through the rest of the movie. Just, just and your, your, your wife says, just pee right there. Just go right there. We're, just, we're, we're not moving. We're staying through the whole show. Come on, somebody, right? I mean, they'll sit there three and a half hours. I mean, they won't, won't move. You understand? And, and why? Because there's an anticipation. Nobody says, what time does this get over? Except for at church. <laughs> Come on, right? So if any man thirst, everyone say, if any man thirst. That's what Jesus says. If any man thirst, this is what God spoke to me over Christmas. I said, Lord, what is the message? What is our vision for 2023? And the Lord spoke this, these words to me. He said, if any man thirsts, number one, you have to catch fire. Number two, then you can share the fire. Because you can't share fire that you don't have. Because Isaiah had to get touched with fire long before he ministered fire. Because otherwise, it's just empty hands on empty heads. Come on, somebody, right? And so that's where it begins. It begins with hunger. It begins with thirst. We were ministering in the Twin Cities, and we were ministering at this leaders' conference. And the same thing happened in Chicago. We were ministering at a vineyard pastors' conference in Chicago. Same, exact same thing. And I look out, three-quarters of the ministers are halfway back, all the way to the back of the church, and 80% of them don't even have a Bible with them. And I said, how many of you are leaders? The same thing happened in the Twin Cities. They all raised their hands. I said, how many of you are full-time pastors? They all raised their hands. I said, your people are falling below you. You're showing no hunger and no, and no passion for the word, and so your people are following you because sheep follow the shepherd. The sheep don't go ahead of the shepherd and lead the way. The shepherd leads the way. Come on, somebody. Is that right? And so that's why, that's why you have to be the ones to catch fire. Come on, somebody. You have to be the ones that catch fire. You have to catch the fire first. Long before you can minister fire. Many people are like, I want to minister the fire. Yeah, but if, if you don't even have smoke on you, how can you minister fire? <laughs> Come on, amen? I mean, when the Lord touched our ministry, I mean, I could tell you so many different times where the Lord touched our ministry. Now, my journey is a little bit a different one. But I ended up going to Rama Bible Training Center, and Kenneth Hagin was my teacher there. And Kenneth Hagin uh, Jr. was my pastor. And I'll never forget, in, in 1998, my ministry had already begun to change. But in 1998, 
um, I was based out of Tulsa back in those days, and I was sitting on the front row of the church on a Wednesday night. I could tell you exactly where I was sitting. And so I'm sitting there on the front row on a Wednesday night of uh, there in, in Rama Bible Church, 5,000 people on a Wednesday night, and Pastor Hagen gets up. Now, he's not a prophetic guy at all. Yeah, you have to know that, okay? He's just very methodical and stuff like that, okay? So he gets up. Now, this is, uh, this is um, uh, early February, late January of 1998. So he stands up at the a microphone, and he looks down at me, and then he looks at his Bible. And then he looks at me, then he looks at his Bible. Then he looks at me again, and then I check my zipper. Let me check my zipper here. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe my fly is down or something. I don't know what's going on. I'm like, why is he looking at me like that? But he's just staring right at me, right? So he says, Tom Scarella, stand up. So I stand up. So he said, this is the young evangelist in our church. And he starts to prophesy to me. And he says, your whole ministry is about to change. In the next two weeks, the whole ministry will change. So I didn't know what that meant. But we were scheduled to minister in Minneapolis two weeks later uh, at a church that we had ministered many, many times before. Uh, but the church had made 14 trips to Pensacola. So much that the pastor emptied the bank account and flew the whole church there for a month. <laughs> That's no lie. Because he said, we're either going to have a revival or we're going to close up. And uh, so they had just come back about, you know, five weeks before I got there. And uh, so I get there on a Friday night, two weeks after this prophetic word. So I get to the church, and uh, everybody's around the altar praying and crying out to God like an hour before service. I, I just had never seen that. An hour before service even starts, everybody is crying out to God all in one accord for an hour because everyone took off work on Friday night early to cry out for the community for revival. Come on, somebody. Amen. So then the worship starts, and as the worship starts, the power of God began to flow in the meeting, and so I get up to preach, and as I get up to preach, I get done, and I close my eyes to pray, and I'm translated in a vision. And I'm at the Mount of Transfiguration. And as I'm standing at the base of the Mount of Transfiguration, I'm looking up. I'm, I mean, I could feel the dust in the air. I could feel everything. And I'm in this place, and instead of seeing Moses and Elijah in Jesus, because of my background, you have to understand, God was meeting me where I was. Come on, somebody, you understand? So God is meeting me where I was. I look up, instead of seeing Moses and Elijah in Jesus, I see Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland in Jesus. And the Lord says, you gave a place in your heart to these men I never told you. And he takes them away and he said, this is my son and hear him. Then the vision, phew, I was translated back in the vision and I'm in the altar and I'm standing there in the vision and I'm weeping in the vision and they're praying for me. I'm like, hello. <laughs> God, you know I'm the traveling minister. You know that I came here, right, to minister. <laughs> I'm like, and I close my eyes, I'm back in the vision and I'm in the altar and they're praying for me. So I leaned over to the pastor. I said, this is bizarre, but I just had a vision and God wants me to get prayer. He goes, oh, Tom, no one will think anything. Just go for it. 
So I get in, I get them to pray for me, and they pray for me. Now, they just came from Pensacola, what you just saw on the video. They just came from there, and they lay hands on me. And brother, I'll tell you what, it was like trying to drink from a fire hose. I mean, God just whacked me, and I began to weep uncontrollably so hard until I had a nosebleed down the front of my suit. I had a suit on that night, and I wept and wept. For four days, the fire of God burned through my body, and for four days, I could not stop from shaking and trembling and weeping uncontrollably. Come on, amen? And it was like, what was God doing? He was getting me to yield to the fire. Everyone say, yield to the fire. I had to yield to that fire. Before I could get my tail lit on fire, I had to yield to that fire. Now, one of the other times that the Lord ministered to me was, uh, uh, as well in our ministry, was uh, indirectly through Rodney Howard Brown's ministry. And this guy came to Tulsa, and he was ministering in these meetings, and my, my dear friend invited me. And so I went with him, to, to these meetings because they had six and a half weeks of meetings. And two meetings a day for six and a half weeks. Come on, somebody. I mean, that's a lot of church, you understand? So I went to go see what God was doing. And there was about a little bit more than are here tonight that was in that meeting. But the power of God was moving in, uh, I mean, right from the worship all the way through. And in the midst of it, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Now, this is what he said. He said, when I touch you, don't get in a hurry to get up off the floor. What does that mean, you know? He said, yield and just stay there and let me finish. Now, this is the wording he used to me. He said, if you go to the doctor and the doctor cuts your guts open, do you at least let him sew you up before you go home? <laughs> That's how he had to talk to my head. You understand? And so I laughed and I said, of course. And so the Lord said, so don't get in a hurry. Come on, prophesy to your neighbor. Say, don't get in a hurry tonight. All right. So I had to stay there until God was finished doing on the inside of me what he wanted to do. And so long story short, the, evan I, the evangelist started to teach on the offering. And so as he's teaching on the offering and going through scripture, the joy of the Lord hits me, and I start laughing uncontrollably, and I'm the only one laughing in the whole building. And I'm like, God, this is crazy because I'm the only one laughing and nobody else is laughing. So as I'm laughing my full head off, the more I tried to suppress it, I was going to explode. You understand? And so I just remember what the Lord said. He said, just yield to it. Just yield to it. So I'm just so drunk in the spirit during the offering and the teenager next to me, he got drunk in the spirit and he got so drunk in the spirit, he slid underneath the pew in front of us. <laughs> Brother, I was done when I saw that. When I saw that, I was like this, I, I'm like finished. I mean, I was laughing so hard. I thought I was gonna pee myself. I'm like... <laughs> God, this is crazy. And I laughed and laughed and laughed. And so finally, evangelist, he's yelling as loud as he can in the microphone, but he can't get over my volume of laughter. So he goes, all right, ushers, get this man. I'm like, God, I'm getting kicked out of church because of you, you know? So the ushers go and pick me up and drag me into the center aisle of the, of the church. 
And the evangelist just standing there, just standing there watching this, and he just goes, fire. When he said that, I mean, the power of God hit me, and I laid there on the floor, shaking uncontrollably, weeping, and then I would go back to laughter, back to weeping. And so I was going to get up, and I remembered what the Lord said. So I just laid back down, and I just stayed there. And all of a sudden, that presence of God came on me strong again. And it was like God began to start to show me things in my ministry and my life and my attitude and everything else. It was like God was putting things together. Come on, somebody. Because the Lord started to show me what falling under the power is. Many people don't know this, but you know what falling under the power is? It's a trance. It's a trance-like state that you can yield to or you can resist. And you can break it anytime you want. You understand? Now, many people don't realize when God is fixing and ministering and healing and restoring and everything else, when you pop right back up, or if somebody comes to play, like, ah, they start, you know, mess, they think it's a game. They don't realize this is a holy thing. This is a holy time. Sorry about that. All right. So, but this is a holy time where God is ministering to a person. So many times we'll tell people, don't touch them. Don't touch them. Leave them alone. I mean, because we've seen people restore, uh, get their marriages restored just by yielding to the anointing. Everyone say, yield to the Spirit. All right? And, and so that's what I want to just uh, stir your heart with tonight. Get your tail lit on fire. Get your tail. How do I get my tail lit on fire? By yielding to the Spirit. By yielding to the presence of God. The greater you yield, the greater the presence of God will build in your life the greater the anointing of God will begin to heal and fix it. I mean, I, I remember we were ministering in Muskegon, uh, Michigan, and we were there for several weeks in this uh, Mark Barkley church. And God was really powerfully moving this one night, and the Lord just spoke to me, just lay hands on everybody till they fall out. <laughs> That's the service, you know? So I just laid hands on everybody till they fell out. So the whole place is under the power, all over the stage, all over the floor, all the way down the aisles, there was almost no room except for one place, right? So as I'm ministering to the last person, this guy walks in the church. So this guy walks in the church, and he's got a manila envelope under his arm. So I said, sir, come down here to the front. He goes, no. I said, brother, come down here. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you, come. He goes, no, 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 no. What I didn't know was this guy had left his wife, left her for another woman, and was keen to give her divorce papers at church. Is that wicked, huh? So I had no idea of this. But I, the Spirit of God wouldn't let me go, and I said, sir, come down, put your papers down and come down here. So he comes up. And so I, I get him to come up. And so he comes all the way around, way over here. And so I'm looking for a place. Where am I going to put this dude, you know? Now, I don't know his wife is over here. See, I don't know that. So pastor, they don't tell us anything. You understand? So I just grabbed this big old dude. He's like 6'4", 6'5". I bring him. I said, brother, there's no room except for over here. He goes, no, 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 no. I go, brother, come with me right now. Lift your hands, and as, I, as he lifted his hands, before he could argue with me, the power of God hit him, 
and he fell and his hands fell into his wife's hand. And he began to shake as the spirit of God was touching him, tears running down his face. And he turns over and starts kissing on her. And I don't know it's his wife. I'm like, hey, are you sick, man? What's wrong with you? Are you sick? Hey, leave that woman. I'm thinking this woman's like under the power and he's just making out with her or something. I'm like, what a sicko, you know? And, and, and the pastor, he goes, Tom, that's okay. It's his wife. It's his wife. Oh, okay. All right. Keep going. You know? But I don't know what's going on. I have no idea what's going on. The Holy Ghost. I said the Holy Ghost knew exactly what it was. Amen. What was it? It was he was yielding to the fire. Yielding to the fire. I could tell you of, in California, we had people come with stomach cancer, dying of stomach cancer, it laid hands on them. They laughed uncontrollably until they vomited up a tumor that big. I could tell you of in, uh, um, in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, we had the power of God hit this woman and she laughed uncontrollably. She had a goiter the size of a softball on her neck. And when the joy of the Lord hit her, that goiter fell off on the ground. That was a beautiful sight, let me tell you. <laughs> What happened at church tonight? Oh, the goiter was rolling across the floor. It was just lovely. It was bowling, a goiter boiling tonight, you know, bowling, you know? <laughs> Come on, somebody, amen? Everyone say, yield to the fire. So the more you yield to the fire, so tonight is a yielding service. Tonight is a yielding service. It's a yielding service. It's where you just learn the art of yielding and letting God finish what he starts in you. Amen. And uh, will you get that song together for me? So tonight, Father, we give you thanks. Lord, we thank you for the presence of God, for the anointing of God, for the fire of God that can fix everything at one time. So, Lord, tonight, we just purpose in our hearts, just all over the house, lift your hands right now. Just lift your hands right now. Come on. Tonight, we just purpose in our heart to yield to the fire of God. Let God touch you tonight. Let him touch you with his presence. Let him touch you with his presence. Don't get in a hurry tonight. Let God finish what he started. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.